Left. Right. Yo, what's up, mi amigos? Been waiting forever to get a red light so I can record this video. This is one of my favorite episodes we're talking about. This is two parts. How to piss off a bartender, or more importantly, how not to piss off your bartender. And two, uh, <laughs> and this is a cool concept, skills that you thought were universal that not everybody understands or knows. Uh, so, listen to them. Let us know what we missed and uh, let us know your favorites. All right, I will see you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Looks like we are live. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the internet. This is episode 124 of your favorite podcast, Sip Talk. My name is Justin Julio, out of my basement in New Jersey, joined from above by David Boswell, political scientist, and joined below, if you're watching live, by James the Bosnitter Boswell, accountant, professional referee, professional bartender, and uh, what's that other thing you do? Okay, philosopher. philosopher. Oh, yeah. That's the important one right there. That's really the perspective you bring to the table that we can't yeah, discount. That's what everyone sees us on. Yeah. We, we, we don't want to discount your uh, your mind and how it philosophizes. What are you guys drinking? Well, you can't tell, but it is a white Russian. I Made with Russians. I can't t- tell, but I will I'll take your word for it. James, what are, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a bush ice and I got some gin on the rocks. Oh, very nice. All right. I uh, got a little of this uh, Habiki left. I'm going to pour a little Habiki in a second. I was chilling in the house this afternoon all by myself, waiting for these contractors to arrive to handle this kitchen. And I heard this giant, like, it sounded like something fell on the house. I couldn't figure out what it was. I investigated the entire house. Nothing was on the floor. I'm like, what the fuck was that giant crashing noise? And then I just went to grab some drinks for the podcast. And one of these seltzers had exploded <laughs> and blown the mini fridge door all the way open. There's <laughs> uh, lemon lime seltzer all over the place. So uh, and it was in the basement, you know. Either way, that's what's happening. So we got some cool stuff we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, I liked I liked your idea. Maybe you could summarize it i don't know exactly what you'd call james um oh um skills that you thought were universal that you were surprised weren't cool and we got that and uh things not to do to avoid pissing off a bartender (laughs) i know what derv's number one response is uh so the question is where do we start do we start with the uh pissing off the bartender do we start with the not so universal skills. Derv's going to start by pissing off the bartender. All right. Well, I think that's. I think that's. I think that's something we need to address. Actually, right sure. away. That needs okay. to be number one. James is still defending, and David, you were with him. We didn't. And when I no no no, about, he's very much against me on this. I no, 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 he was, when, when he was physically, he was accompanying you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to his dismay in the moment when you ordered this. Super not complicated, never heard of cocktail. Um, and then and then you felt that it needed to be, uh, you know, you were upset that they didn't know it. And David was upset that you ordered it to begin with. I wasn't that's, upset they didn't know it. I like, no, you knew. And that's why I was upset that you ordered it in the first place, because you knew that there's a low probability you'd get it. What did the bartender say, which made you look like an idiot? You're like, this is not that kind of place. Something like he that. Said, he said, no, I'm sorry. I don't have a blender. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so the wrong made, answer. It is, but it made it you look like you wanted a blended drink at an Italian restaurant which serves food, which did not have a cocktail bar kind of feel to it whatsoever. Which brings us to Justin's point is, you're at a cocktail bar, sure, order. They should know it. Well, so but that's that, not but, the time or place. But that's the thing. And also, depending on, you know, depending on the cocktail bar, if you want to wait 24 minutes... Oh, shit, sir. Hang on. All right. I got to mute you guys. 
I don't know if you guys can hear me, but we got some some Facebook overlap here with the audio. I'm going to blame Rosh, but uh, it's really my fault. So uh, on that note, though, one of the things about ordering complex cocktails from bars is it, it takes a lot of time and energy to, to make a complex cocktail. So I don't know about the market that you guys are in, but my thinking is if the cocktail costs... 18 bucks or more you can uh you can pretty much order whatever you'd like what are your guys thoughts on this depends on the kind of bar if the bartender says well just tell me what kind of flavors you like and then they go on their own volition and do something that takes them 10 minutes sure, that, sure. i mean that's on them um i look at it as you always have to judge how busy the bar is like it doesn't matter how how complicated the drink is like if you can tell that the bartenders are super slammed don't order anything complicated. Um, well, typically, if the place is predominantly a restaurant, I feel, yeah, unless it's got like a sick bar and you could tell like whoever designed the restaurant paid a lot of attention to the bar. But for the most part, if it's like a restaurant, restaurant, the people working in the bar, a lot of times, you know, and, unless the bar gets a good crowd, you know, a lot of times, you know, these people are not going to be your bartending as a, preferred profession you know people who are enthusiastic about it somewhere like charleston hall's chop house you can order whatever ever the heck you want they're supposed to know pretty much everything and for that quality of a restaurant i think you're allowed to order uh, hemingway daiquiri yeah and also like at hall's chop house which is known primarily for their food their bar is also always slammed why because it's just a well-run place that's popular Mm. um and so how much are the cocktails there Probably, like, I would imagine that their actual cocktails probably started twelve or thirteen bucks. Was that a, is that high price for Charleston? For Charleston, it's mid to high price. Okay, yeah, I would say it's like, mid for Charleston. A thirteen dollar cocktail? Yeah, yeah, but so Halls is a high is a high tier restaurant in Charleston, arguably one of the best in Charleston. So I wouldn't be surprised if most of their actual cocktails are probably fifteen plus. I don't know. Okay, no, so I got a, all right, I'm looking at their drink menu right here. You got the 434, which I'm guessing is probably their street address. You got the hot pepper martini. I don't know how I feel about that. The blood orange margarita. I would go with that. Sangria, you know, it is what it is. The barrel aged Manhattan. That's 14 bucks. The spiced Russian, which is a chai tea Russian, 14. The new old fashioned 15. And Hall's Old Fashioned, which has uh, the hard to find Maker's Mark, or <laughs> and that's, that's twenty very, bucks. Very rare. Twenty bucks, my God! And that's, that's twenty silly. bucks. I, I I wonder. Well, they're putting Elijah Craig in the new Old Fashioned, and they're putting Maker's Mark in the Hall's Old Fashioned. I actually think things. Elijah Craig is better. I was. Yeah, how, how much thing. is the new Old Fashioned? But neither one actually. Wouldn't so it the, just be the fashioned? The the, <laughs> the the new old fashioned is fifteen bucks. The Hall's old fashioned is twenty. But you can get the Hall's old fashioned with rum <laughs> in, instead of uh, instead of whiskey. That actually sounds interesting. With but and, and now now and they muddle like an they muddle their their cherries. So I don't I don't know how I'm feeling about those drinks down there. I wouldn't muddle my chair. Well, so here's another thing to consider about like some of these high-end cocktail bars is you might be seeing a drink that looks super complicated, but a lot of those drinks are going to be done with premix. Now that's not going to be like store-bought premix, but like when the bartenders show up at three or four o'clock in the afternoon, they are doing premixes of a lot of these cocktails. So instead of having to mix together five or six different ingredients into it, they'll have a bottle that's pre-mixed for that cocktail. And then all they need to do is put in the ice of the fresh ingredients. So it might be that a cocktail is super complicated and requires a lot of prep, but a lot of these cocktail bars will do that prep before the shift starts. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, my thinking was you've got to look at their drink menu and see if it if it seems to indicate a a certain level of skill obviously i still think you have to have a level of skill even if it is pre-made um but but i don't know just the the whole idea of ordering off menu 
you, you got to be really careful. And then if you get something that's really lousy, how upset can you be when it, it's not on their menu? Well, and, but I also, guess. Hold up. That's, that's, that is one of the things about being a bartender. What's that movie with Tom Cruise and uh, cocktail cocktail. And right off the bat, uh, you know, he's, it's his first night at the bar. And they're ordering uh, sex on the beach. They're ordering uh, Cuba Libre. All sex stuff. on the beach. Every bartender should know. He wa- he was a brand new bartender. First, he was trying to get a job, and uh, finally he, he flips out on the on the on the waitress. He's like, uh, "What the hell is Cuba Libre? It's a it's a, it's a, ja- uh, uh, a rum and coke. Why the hell didn't you say it? just say rum and coke?" So uh, you know, but there's an element of bartending that I guess is kind of part of being a bartender that that there's a certain amount of territory that you just you know you got to kind of act on the fly have a little bar book behind the bar that's always a good trick now you can do it with the computer yeah there'd be plenty of times where somebody would order a cocktail that i hadn't heard before and then i would look up recipes and 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 make sure that we had the ingredients and that I would make it. And usually what I would do is I would look at recipes and I'd look at like three or four different variations and kind of like average them in my mind to get what I thought. One thing I've always wanted to do to mess with the bartender is to start off my night by ordering a sex on the beach. And then for like my second drink, order a blood and sand. First off, sex on the beach is a common drink. So is blood and sand. No, it's not. No, it's not. It may, it been may trying to get to make this joke have traction for what seven yeah, years it's not, now. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not a it's not a good joke. Um, all right, so let's let's hit this list of uh, of ways to piss off a bartender, or basically things to avoid uh, to not piss off a bartender. Uh, any any, what do you guys think is number one? Because I read this in multiple cases. Any idea on the most the most common? most common thing that annoys bartenders oh complain about the price oh uh, yeah who the fuck snaps their fingers at people lots of people that's fucking weird who how to behave nothing. in a bar hold on james's uh segment how to behave in a bar uh a skill that you thought most people would have but is surprisingly uncommon true no there's nothing wrong with like if you're standing at a busy bar or whatever like putting your hand up yeah. And just like just having your hand a little bit extended to say like, hey, when you get a chance, I want attention. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that I agree with you. But the uh, the snapping of the fingers is just it's a bit like almost condescending. If people did that, okay. I ignored them. I wouldn't serve them until they stopped. <laughs> it's not a bit condescending. It's very patronizing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let me uh, let's say hi to Lisa over here on TikTok. And uh, restaurants are mixing drinks. I agree. Let love rain. A signature drink is smart. Uh, separate tabs for a big group, she says, and cheap tips. Those are things that would piss off a bartender. Um, so the only thing, like, I, I never mind splitting checks. But what I hated is like if I had a group ordering all sorts of stuff together and then at the very end and like they didn't make it clear like who was getting what or whatever. And then at the end, they wanted me to do the work, splitting it up for them. Like if it's really clear, mm-hmm. like, hey, he's getting this and I'm getting this, then I'll just start running two tabs immediately. But like, just let me know ahead of time so I can run multiple tabs. But if I've got like 20 or 25 drinks and food items and something on a tab, like, I don't have the time to go back and try and remember who got what. What I would do is I just print off the whole receipt and I'd say, you guys tell me how you want me to split it up. You do the work. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. But yeah, one of the one of the things, two of the things here are negotiating with your party over the, the tab, especially when you're involving the, the bartender or the waiter. Um, and then also negotiating the bill with the bartender. That's uh, that's one that was what? No, why, like, why would you ever involve the waiter or bartender in your internal negotiations? Why would you ever try to bargain on the tab? That's the, yo, I don't set the prices as well, a bartender, no, yeah, yeah, but but like, hey, could you take this off there? It wasn't really good, or we, you know, we had to that, and and people rightfully so they can make a, a compelling argument to try to get a little back on that, and people do, but if you want something took, taken off, you need to send it back to me immediately. 
you can't drink it and then have it taken off. If if I made a drink that you don't like, after the first sip, you say, hey, this just doesn't taste right, send it back to me and I'll either remake it or I'll take it off the tap. But if you've drank all of it, well, you you got your money's worth. Yeah, I, I you know, because of my business, uh, go out to for drinks pretty often. Not because we're in real estate, just because everybody in my business is an alcoholic. So we go out for drinks pretty often. We, we, you know, we stick around the bar, five, six, eight, ten drinks. And uh, by the time the bill comes, everybody's usually pretty blitzed and the bill's usually pretty big. The, the general rule would be we just pretty much split it. And uh, if you're not down at the beginning to split it, then you need to speak up and say, I'm, I'm ordering on a separate tab. Well, that's that's fair as long as everyone is drinking about the same and the same quality of stuff. But like if you know that everyone's split in the tab and you're ordering $20 cocktails where everybody else is having $5 beers, you're a dick. Yes, that would make you a dick. And that's that's why the general rule is, you know, not to order the uh, the steak, well, especially like on a business dinner or something like that, or if you're not the one paying the bill. And if you're splitting the bill, same thing goes. But if you're not the one paying the bill, you don't order something more expensive than than everybody else. We went out to, uh, I told you, uh, Tuesday night, we had to push back the podcast. We went out to the Yankee Stadium and we got these, uh, we got basically, what did I say, like six of these giant tomahawk steaks. And they actually gave us seven because one was supposed to be medium rare and it was like super well done. Uh, and I think they took it off the bill and they left it at the table which is kind of cool, except well, it's not like they're going to resell it. So the server looks at it as this is already gone. Like I'll get a better tip because they feel like they got a little bit more food. Yeah. I was pretty excited that they left it with us. And then I tried a piece and was like, you know, can't do it. Can't do it. I, I don't get it. The, the How much was each steak? <clears throat> that wasn't obnoxious. Uh, hmm. Maybe 65 or 85 bucks or something. You said it wasn't obnoxious. It was a tomahawk steak. Okay, I can, I can do a whole tenderloin for twelve people for ninety dollars with sauces. Well, I just got these at the at the grocery store um, a couple Fourth of July weekend, and they were forty five bucks a steak for the tomahawk steaks, and arguably they were actually better than the ones at, at the Yankee Steakhouse. Yeah, uh, shit, they weren't overcooked. No, oh. hi Valeria, <laughs> and also. Kay Costa says, God's not dead. He's always alive. Okay. Um, all right. So let me. And Jessica let me... says, screwdriver is a drink, <clears throat> which. When made with fresh orange juice, that is an amazingly good drink. Well, that's just because fresh orange juice is good in practically anything. Exactly. It's just an don't make it with fresh orange juice. Don't, just don't mix it with dairy. All right. So here I, I got the menu from the Yankee Stadium. <clears throat> The New York Yankee signature ribeye, $85 for a 27-ounce USDA prime dry-aged long bone ribeye. I don't care if the bone is long or short. I'm not eating the bone. Why is that a selling point? Yeah. Uh, all right. So let, let me hit the next one. Uh, ordering. Adam wants in. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, Adam. Uh, I believe uh, I just got a FaceTime call from Michael. My guess is Adam and Michael are hanging out at a... Uh, at the bar watching us uh and so uh, they're gonna they're, like test how to annoy the bartender in real time for us so actually yeah they're, they're actually the bartender is pretty pretty cool uh she's a great uh bartender she was actually like experimenting making drinks the other night and she gave us some some of these drinks which is really cool um but uh <clears throat> Rosh, if you want to DM him the call-in link, you uh, you certainly can. <laughs> We're not going to let them face FaceTime in, though, from the bar. Um, they can tell us what they're drinking. Actually, if they want to call in and let us know what they're drinking, I would love for that. Uh, all right. Ordering complex drinks when the bar is packed. Because drinks, the one that I got was a mojito. That people don't understand that making a mojito isn't a super fast drink. I mean, it can be relatively fast if your bar is ready for that. Still, no, it, it's it's one of the slowest drinks to make because you have to muddle the ingredients. It's like a three-step process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was well, that was the one that was that you know I kept seeing ordering mojito when the bar is packed. Like, unless it's a mojito bar, sure. Um, but uh, the bar that I think that Adam and Michael are at are actually is the mojito is like one of their signature drinks. But um. You know, if, if you're at a bar after 11 o'clock at night and you're ordering like specialty cocktails, 
you're a bit you're a bit full of yourself in my opinion you probably shouldn't be tasting much at that point just get a jack and coke vodka uh vodka tonic something like that um all right here's another one calling female bartenders hun and sweetie but they get to call me hun and sweetie <laughs> um yeah it doesn't work the other way around <laughs> doesn't work the other way around the thing is people this is and people Can i call who, male bartenders hunter sweetie depends depends on the establishment uh, all right but there's a thing about working in like retail or the service industry where you're not treated like a person you're treated like like a cog in a wheel type of uh, you know it's a weird uh it's a weird thing that people just don't treat you like another human being and i, I always think that's the same like you wouldn't snap at at your friend or something like that. You shouldn't be snapping at a bartender. Maybe you would. I don't know. Um, I'll snap at my roommate's cat. Exactly. You'd snap at a dog or, or a cat. Um, so here's one. Not uh, not tipping on to-go orders. Now, I, I can understand tipping less on a to-go order. Yes. I, I would understand that too. That's it's actually something I've thought about and kind of decided against. But now that I've learned that it's typically the bar staff that has to put that order together and was taking, what I was working. It, they're taking time away from attending bar and making money that way to, uh, yeah, like, you know, to service, even if order, it's just right? like putting together the, the utensils and put in the boxes and stuff together and bagging it up and getting the receipt or whatever. By the time you're done with that, that's two or three minutes that you've burned. And if you're busy, two or three minutes is an eternity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's money. Also, the, lost. The, the math is different over the last year and a half with the pandemic too, because the people who are there working, they're the ones who aren't getting the unemployment checks. They're the ones who do need the tips. So if you're in a position that you can afford to go eat out, during the pandemic, when everything was shut down, you should still be tipping the same way it was previously because, come on, it helps them stay in business and what's the extra 5% to you, really? No, I agree. I've, I've increased my tips on to-go orders in the last year. But that yeah. said, like, if I'm, if I'm sitting down, I'm probably tipping 25 or 30% at least, whereas I'm tipping like 15 or 20% on to-go orders. But that's up from like 10 to 15 well, what are your thoughts on increasing the uh, salaries, the hourly wages for people in formerly tipped tipped out positions? Do it. Great idea. You're you're all for it. Do you know what the minimum wage is for a server in South Carolina? Uh, I do. Two dollars and fifty cents an hour. Uh, you're over. You're close. <laughs> I'm over thirty-seven by about ten to fifteen percent. <laughs> yeah, two dollars and thirteen cents. <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah, I mean, I do think that's very, very low. I, I definitely think it should come up. I don't think it, you're basically my... working 100% for tips because well, that two dollars and thirteen yeah. cents goes towards your taxes, and then not even. And that's uh, yes, that's my thinking is that we should still keep them as tipped workers, but we need to increase the wages to an actual amount that's going to buy you anything at all, right? Like two dollars gets you literally nowhere in this world. So if you have a there, there's an interesting there's an interesting little town hall Biden did with uh, I think it was CNN's Don Lemon. And he said, asked about, well, hey, what about the worker shorts and restaurants? And he said, well, you know, maybe you guys need to start paying them more because you have a worker shortage and they're seeing that there are better jobs elsewhere that pay better and they don't have to work in the kitchen. So if you want workers, pay more. And he got he got uh, attacked by Republicans for that, but it's well, true. If you want workers, pay them more. $10 an hour doesn't cut it when you're standing for 10 hours in the kitchen, getting cut, getting burned, getting sweaty, going home smelling like grease. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, it doesn't cut it's, it. It's simple economics where like supply and demand right now, there's a high supply of jobs and low demand. So if you want to increase demand, you have to increase price. Yes. And unfortunately, any, any, percentage of two dollars and 13 cents an hour still isn't isn't you're not well the kitchen staff's not paid that kitchen staff isn't tipped so they get i think in charleston most line cooks are probably making between like 13 and 15 an hour which when you consider uh, it's gone up a little bit recently but like 
even still for the the demands of that job because one it's skilled work yeah no it is it is two it's physically and mentally demanding yeah it's 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 very intense work let's hit kyle's comment um and i do want to add before we get off of this topic that just tipping poorly uh in general yeah that that was a bartender and if they if you're if if they're lucky enough to recognize you and you're unlucky enough to be recognized by them the next time you go, you're probably getting rightfully so pretty lousy service. Kaya Lehman says, uh, pissed at the server or the bartender that your order is wrong. Well, I think that's a case by case. A lot of times it's not on, on them, but often I think there's a decent amount of time where it could be, especially if, you know, they're not writing down your, it's a weird thing when uh, I don't think, I don't think that there's ever a time where it's okay to be pissed off at the server bartender that your order is wrong. They're human beings. You can say, Hey, my order is wrong. If then they start to get pissy with you saying, no, this is correct. Then you can get a little annoyed, but, but, and I get what you're saying to be pissed off at anybody for making a mistake, but remember you, you know, you could have been waiting there forever. You could be super hungry. There could have been a long wait. And, you know, the, the waiter, somebody could have taken that order down wrong. And I'm not saying like pissed, like you shouldn't be furious, but to be a bit perturbed and be like, you know, I, I thought I was pretty clear on this. It really depends on like the, there are certain things that as a server you need to do when you're taking an order to make sure that you're getting it right. So like you kind of you need to be interviewing your table if there's any uncertainty, like. If, if they ask about certain things, then that should cue you in to make sure that you're getting this order right. Like if someone says like, I've got a nut allergy or something, and then they order a dish that might have nuts in it or something, or like somebody else at the table orders something with nuts in it, you might want to ask like, are you planning on sharing that with anybody? Because like, even if like the, the menu doesn't say that there's nuts in the dish, that's something that like, you might want to say, Hey, there's nuts in that one. Are you planning on sharing it? Do I need to, do I need to modify yeah. this order at all? Like you need to, you have to be thorough as a server to avoid that. So it it can go both ways. Servers can fail to do their job by not explaining properly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do think there's some instances where they might be responsible and other instances where they may not be, but, but being enraged is a huge overreaction. Um, No, always give them a chance to correct the issue. Even and that's why I think we're reading into the word pissed. I mean, you're talking internally. Sure, you can be internally perturbed and like not happy with the situation, but you still a, have to go and like, yeah, you're don't gonna... be a dick. Like James said, like, hey, guys, sorry, I asked for like the cheeseburger and this is a chicken sandwich. Would you mind? And like, yeah, okay, I'm so sorry about that. They're going to deal with this. But but well, you know, you said they need to lobby the, the kitchen to uh, to get your food back fast. They do. Right? They because do. Everybody it else is eating. So that. Give, that every, Give that everyone would the piss second me chance. off. If I was a nice person and then like literally by the time my food came, everybody else had finished their food. That would be uncool. Which, you know, that happened to me a couple of weeks ago when we went to STK. One, the drinks were absolutely horrible. Um, I was trying to coach the, the waitress what to tell the bartender to make these drinks. And they were just, I think it, we had an old fashioned that was shaken and just kind of looked like lightly rusted water. And I was like, this <laughs> you know, on a, a, a cup full of ice. So there's maybe half a shot of liquor in there. Uh, it, it was, it was not a good drink. And then uh, the food came out all screwed up. We got extra sides. They forgot an entree. I don't know who to blame on that one, but, and then, and then by the time that entree came out, everybody had finished eating. It was just, I think it was, you know, it was obviously the waitress's fault, but it wasn't her fault that she had so many tables she was basically the only waitress for the second floor so we kind of gave her the benefit of the doubt we didn't take it out and that's the case where you see if you can't find like the front end service manager say uh, front end manager who's like hey what happened here because but you don't i don't think you ever take it out on the waitress or the lower you, you always go you always go up and go to the manager and explain yourself quietly it wasn't me all right let's hit the next one uh requesting to have the tv channel changed at a bar if it's a sports bar and no one's watching it go for it i I think it really depends on the place but but i imagine it is an instance where it's not a sports bar and there just happens to be a tv and the bartender is busy doing other shit and so if i wasn't busy i never minded changing the channel for people but my thinking is it's really how you ask right that's yeah you know and and also with the uh Fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, shit. 
it's just how you ask really that's all it comes down to it demeanor uh, yeah 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 um and then uh not closing your tab at the bar before being seated now i always try and sometimes i say no no, no we'll transfer it that's one thing but a lot of times you you know you've had two three maybe you've had two drinks at the bar but you're with you're with four people so that's eight drinks typically that bartender will be making the tips on and now you get seated and you just expect the new waiter to take you know take over that uh the tab from the bar it all depends on whether or not the bar shares tips or not but you're not going to know that shit when you walk into a restaurant so you need to ask to close your tab before you just walk away from the bar yeah. yeah, and chances are if they say, yeah, we'll just transfer it to your table, that means that that restaurant's pooling tips. Exactly. Um, all right, let's see what else I have. Not closing tab before. <laughs> this came up a few times. Ripping up coasters and straw wrappers. Yeah, don't make a mess at the bar. Like, but, but just My thing is, like, what are you, a child? I, I've seen it happen. Are you fucking kidding? That you're yeah. leaving a mess? Like you're leaving James's a- subject of life skills you thought people had but I'm surprised to find they don't again how people behave out in public i guess it's just like a very standard well, it's one. a it's a weird it's really weird because you know i have an office i had an office that's that's full of independent contractors right and there's nobody picking up behind them every once in a while somebody will like overfill the the shredding machine and then like the it, it, like the top pops off and then the shredded paper goes all over the place and they're like, what do I do? I'm like, well, just just clean it up. Like, what, you know, no. <laughs> well, you, you, no, you call- should say, like, you should put more paper into it. That'll solve it. <laughs> do you want me to call your mom? Like, we- and then when they and then what and this is this happens. It's, it's happened not a lot, but it's happened probably four or five, six times. They clean it up and they do such a bad job that I have to like say, hey, you know. It didn't look like this before you made the mess like there's still. How do we get it back to the condition it was before you before, you know, it's like the camping thing. You know, you shouldn't shouldn't leave a, a evidence that you were there. And there's like just shit all over the place. And I get it. If it's like you don't if have you a, camp for long enough, that'll happen. Well, <laughs> shit all over the place. I mean, you're supposed to dig a hole and bury it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think Raj is Googling this in the background because this yeah. is a uh... yeah. Raj said I worked in restaurants. I can tell you that when you send your food back, there's a chance that someone spits on your plate in the back of the kitchen. First of all, when I worked in restaurants, I never saw that happen. I would not. There are times that we wanted to. If you were being a huge dick, we really wanted to, but we never did. Same. Um, and uh, and then what Raj just said, and this is a little further down on my list. Uh, putting your fat, disgusting, greasy sausage fingers on the complimentary peanuts bowl or dish that's being shared with other people in the bar. I, actually, that wasn't what I thought he was going to say. Uh, I thought Rosh was going to say reaching over and grabbing from the garnish containers. No, you don't do that. But well, like, yeah, if you was... need to reach over to grab like a napkin or something, I think that's okay. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. But grabbing something out of the garnish containers. No, you don't do that. You don't really? touch the garnish tray. That's yeah, the bartender's, not yours. Yeah, you're like invading somebody else's like kind of personal area. And uh, and also if you're doing it with your bare hands, that's kind of unsanitary and not fair for the rest of the people in the bar. It's kind of gross. Uh, Rosh, that's what I thought you were saying. But uh, no, if they're putting out complimentary peanut bowls, how I mean, one, don't eat them at a bar. Ew, just don't. <laughs> that, that's on you, man. Like that's on that's not <laughs> you decided to roll the dice in the first <laughs> yeah, place. Man. But my That's favorite a, bar, my favorite still, bar in the city, um, James, we've been there. I don't know if they did this when you were there, but the first few years when they were open, they had um, popcorn. And they uh, would, Harlem Public? Yeah, they give every table a, a little. Or the Wallace, because I like the Wallace better. Well, the Wallace wasn't, Harlem Public was the original one up there. Wallace is like a, a bit of a spinoff. But Harlem Public used to have this popcorn machine, and every table they'd... Uh, they give you a plate, a bowl, bowl of popcorn, and they have bowls of popcorn in the bar. There was typically enough that everybody could have their own, so you wouldn't be sharing with random strangers. But what Rosh is saying is, is you know, it's a it's a shared. You don't see much many peanuts on the bar anymore. That's, that's especially shared. not in the last year. No, well, you're no, right. but Justin's right. Even before, I mean, when did you really see that last? I mean, you see it at Five Guys, but at least they're shelled. And yeah. <laughs> Last time I showed up drunk there, they weren't very happy about it. 
<laughs> all, all four of them. Yeah, you shouldn't have been ordering drinks at Five Guys. Do they do they serve beer at Five Guys? No, um, that's well, some of those places <laughs> do. So, uh, Shake Shack gives you beer. Um, right, ripping up. Is it shaken? Not usually. Maybe if it's delivered. Asking for free drinks. I think you got to have like some audacity to ask uh, ask the bartender for free drinks. I went to I went to Harlem Public for years and years and years. They never gave me a single free shot or a single free drink or hooked me up on the bill ever. And then it was when Adam and I started. Once Adam moved to the the neighborhood, we started going together. Um, then they you know they they throw us a shot or something like that. It was actually yeah. really cool. But uh, but for a long long time they never gave me anything. And you I get a straw from the Honeywell yet? No, I didn't. And I never and I never expected I never expected that they would give me something, but there would be no way I would have the audacity to be like, I'll come here all the time. Can I have a free shot once in a while? That would be that's like what what? What? Born concept. Um, and then reaching over the bar into the garnish bins, which is disgusting because you just don't have clean fingers no matter how and if you do that, I'm gonna have to dump that garnish tray. Well and I'm gonna charge you for it five bucks. No, I'm serious. Like, if I, I never had that happen to me while I was bartending, but if like I had a patron reach into the garnish tray, like whatever they touched, I'm dumping and I'm I'm getting new garnishes for what, like new olives or cherries or whatever. Because it's one thing for me to do it. I'm washing my hands. Basically, anytime I touch something, I wash my hands. I pour a beer, I wash my hands. I make a drink, I wash my hands. I bust, cl- I bust dishes, I wash my hands. I put something into the dishwasher, I wash my hands. But I probably wash my hands 100 to 200 times every night. Yeah, but there's a good chance, you know, people are, who are eating their food lick their fingers clean. So, that you know, a lot, of, a lot of good chemicals in your mouth that, you know, antibacterial. Okay. Uh, actually, nowadays, everybody slathers that antibacterial shit on their hands, which I... Yeah, which do you want your olive to taste like Purell? Yes. I don't, no, I don't. Even well, know. actually, if you're ordering a vodka martini, you basically are. <laughs> yeah, I agree completely. Um, and then there's complaining, just com- general complaining, which I think would be pretty annoying. Um, and now here's one which I thought was funny: asking for the usual. I'll, I'll have my usual. Well, if you're there all the time, because like I had, I had a couple um, customers that came in two or three times a week and always ordered the exact same thing. Sure. And so right. like when he sat down, I'd just be like the usual. And he's like, yeah. Or sometimes no, no, you're like, that, you're missing. You're missing. You you're telling him you're at you're you're the bartender in this scenario. It, when it's coming from the patron saying, I'll have my usual, then then it doesn't work that way. Now, if you and him, if you and him have established via you that it's their usual, he can say yes. But if somebody walks in and it's not been pre-established that that's the usual, can't do that. I guess. I, I don't know. That, I think that it depends on your relationship with the bartender. But if the bar t- if if the bartender has expressed to you that they know that's your usual, but if you just well, if the bartender knows you by your first name, odds are they know what you usually order. If you order something different every time, then you're an idiot for saying the usual. But if you always order the same thing and they know your first name, no, there's nothing wrong with that. It uh, depends on the situation. If you've been there once and you ordered something stupid. Or it's a different bartender. I'll get the usual. Uh, Raj then <laughs> reminds him of the TV show Cheers, which is literally exactly exactly what I thought. Uh, Although when I was training bartenders at the place, when some of my regulars came in, either either during the time that the regular were there or afterwards, I'd say, hey, that's Justin. He always gets this. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That, makes so that sense. way, like even if I'm not there, the other bartender will know what Justin's usual drink is. I got another one for you. Taking up the spaces next to you with your crap, with your jacket or your purse yep. or your backpack. Uh, that's a no. Depends on how busy it is. If it it's even remotely busy. It, 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 it obviously depends on how busy it is. But if it is busy, even remotely, just like you said, you're taking money out of that, potentially taking money out of the bartender's pockets. Uh, and since we always uh, Kyle Lehman, Kyle yeah. Lehman has a good one asking for a taste of every beer they have on tap. I'm okay with you asking for a taster up until about three. Three. Yeah, this is every beer on tap. Imagine right. the, the the ruck in Troy that has like twenty four taps. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like I, again, yeah, I'm setting I'm setting limitations here. We're saying like obviously asking for a taste of everything on tap is ridiculous. No, but I asking for a taster is, is completely fine. 
I think three is a bit high. I th- that's I, that's my limit. The the way it needs to be is you're kind of troubleshooting, right? Like, oh, do you like something that's, uh, um, I don't know, that's light and crisp or something like that. Uh, all right, so look, we have uh, we have a call in from Adam. Uh, <laughs> let's. So we believe Adam to be at a at a bar and being pretty hammered, but we're gonna let him. Uh, we're gonna see what he's gonna say. I'm gonna gonna buzz him in here. Uh, also, while we're waiting on that, Kyle says, what do you think I should get? And that depends, because like if I'm slow in a bar, then I don't really mind it because like I'll say, OK, what are you in the mood for? And it'll give me a chance to flex my bartending muscles. But if All I'm right. busy, I don't want to have to read your mind. All right. Line one. I understand that. Line one. What, what's up, Adam? What's going on, man? How are we doing? Let me guess. You're at a Havana bar in Midtown. I am. I just had a really great Cubano sandwich at Havana on 38th Street. Probably the best I've ever had in the city. And uh, I'm sitting here with a couple of colleagues. I'm sitting here with uh, John. Tell- and we also have Michael on the line as well. Tell Janet Tell Janet I said hi. I certainly will. She's uh, <laughs> keeps trying to feed us shots tonight. I don't know what's going on here. I hope she's charging you for them. I don't know if she is. You'll find uh, out. So I, what I want to yeah. know, uh, what I want to know, and then and then we're we're kicking you guys off the line. There's a lot of background noise. What I want to know is, uh, what are you guys drinking over there? What's the drink of choice tonight? I'm doing a Hendrix and soda with lime. And uh, Michael, what are you doing? Wow. Uh, Michael's doing a rosé, and then we have John who's doing a mojito with it sugar cane that's actually uh dipped in there it's like a straw yeah it's it's pretty badass actually can you hear me guys okay no it's really it's really bad man it's really bad i'm i'm sorry uh so but that's cool i i, I wish you guys a, a good evening tell uh tell the bartender so i said uh said hi and uh don't get too fucked up all right we need you in the office tomorrow fair enough <laughs> I'll uh, have a good night, guys, and uh, a good time to you both, all right? All right. See you, man. See you later. <laughs> all right. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, that background noise was unreal. Yeah, no, it, was, it, was, it was pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we, we just wrapped up. Now, so there is this uh, uh, Cuban bar, <laughs> Cuban restaurant around the corner from our office. And now that we're in a new location, we're trying to uh, – you know, get our bearing with like, what are the cool restaurants around? There's a German beer hall underneath the office. And that's pretty cool. It's super authentic German. They're playing German music. Sometimes it's just straight yodeling. Sometimes it's like German hard rock. Very, very strange because that's, you don't get that anywhere else in New York City. We get Irish bars, but they're not playing Irish music. They're usually playing classic rock. Um, but uh, we got the German bar and then we got this uh, Cafe Havana place around the corner which is cool. And the, the bartender, she's a, she's a nice woman and she feeds, feeds drinks. So. Um, you want to move on to our sep- second topic about skills that you thought were universal that aren't. Yeah. L- let me, uh, let me just quick run through the rest of these. We don't, we don't have to get into them. Uh, asking for the usual, taking up uh, other space, other seats with your crap, getting upset when you get carded, um, thinking the bartender is into you. Uh, being overly flirtatious with the bartender. <laughs> They're paid to be nice to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, being too drunk and sending drinks back. So, and again, there's, you know, there's certain circumstances. Some of these things would be all right. Certain certain circumstances, they may not be. Um, all right. So these are skills that you thought everybody had. You thought these were universal skills and you've learned at some point in your life that they are not. What do you guys have? I got a whole list. Basic cooking skills. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that one, but you're right. That's 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 on my list. Basic cooking skills. What would you? What would be on the limits of basic cooking skills? Um, cooking pasta correctly, dicing a potato, dicing an onion, knowing how to saute. Very basically, just don't burn the shit out of it. Like being able to like, caramelize some onions. That would be just a very basic test. I would say um, caramelizing onions is about as high level as you can get under basic cooking skills. Well, I think just not even like caramelizing to like Jack's 
stand. Remember Jack's Burgers? Yeah. Uh, not not to like that level, just like a 10 minute saute to get like a little bit of color on, make them translate, sweat them. But that's kind of understanding. Bit. That's understanding how how heat. And... Yeah, it's like basic cooking. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> not burn I... something, moderate heat, and how to salt and season things. Just basically, you don't have to get fancy with spices, but not super over salting, not under salting. Like, th- those are some of the basic things that sound easy, but take a little bit of time. But I think those are basic cooking skills by every definition. I had a friend in college who called me up one day and said, Hey man, I'm trying to make pasta. How much water do I use? <laughs> uh, obviously lacking basic cooking skills. All right. What else do you guys have here? I'm going to go with um, being able to swim. That is also on my list. Um, that and riding a bike. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those those two go hand in hand, really, because those are things that like. I don't know. I kind of blame your parents on that and where you and where you grew up. Right. Like, you know, if you grew up in middle America in an area where there's not many lakes nearby, you know, depending on where you are, access to a pool could be could be tough. But um, I look at being able to swim as a life skill in the most literal sense. <laughs> no, exactly. Considering 70% of this planet is covered with water, um, you, you know, being able to swim is a life saving skill. Here's a really fun one. And James and I dealt with this at college because we had a very strong, strong New Jersey contingent. How to pump your own gas? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's not even on my list. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Pump your own gas. I'm writing that into my list, even though this is towards the end of the podcast. <laughs> but now I live in Jersey. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. You, you can't pump your own gas here in Jersey. I'm amazed that's still a thing. It's uh, I had to fill up some some gas tanks for the lawnmowers the other day, a cu- couple weeks ago. And the guy started it. And then I got out and just went over to the trunk and filled up the gas gas tanks. And then I put the nozzle back in i threw the gas tanks in the back of the the back of my truck and uh drove away i fucking forgot my credit card that's on you <laughs> but uh, but i didn't put it in there so it they it, the whole thing threw me off i'm used to mm. putting the card in there because what they do is they take the card from you and they leave it in there until you're done pumping rather than dip the card and hand it back to you so the whole problem mm. i mean ultimately it is on me and I could have come back to the gas station. Instead, I uh, swallowed my pride there and uh, I ordered another one. <laughs> That's not swallowing your pride. Well, no, swallowing yeah. your pride would be going back and getting it. Yeah, this no, you're right. Totally yeah. shooing it. Yeah, this is... <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> um, I'm real. No, I, I, uh, I, I. There was a little while I was afraid American Express was going to stop replacing credit cards for me because I was using them to break into apartments. Not break into apartments, but you know. When you don't have the key and you got to get in, you just slide the card. And so, um, all right, what else? What else you guys have? Uh, Shahir Abba says, I thought 93 was a pump number. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a little more advanced. I, I'll give it to you there. So I got, uh, I'm reading. I've learned uh, some people can't read which is which is a skill I kind of assumed everybody in 2021 had. But uh, I think you would be surprised by people that can get by without actually being able to to read. Yo, Kyle's got a good one. What's that? Not knowing how to do your own laundry. Oh, yeah. Is that on my list? I mean, I, I know how to do laundry. I just really try to avoid doing it as much as possible. Look, you don't have to like it. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's a, yeah. No, knowing how to do your own laundry. If you grow up and your parents are just always doing your laundry, and now you're in college, you have to do your own laundry. Um, that could be, you know, that could be tough. Everything in cold. <laughs> oh, actually, on my list is universal skills. You thought everyone had uh, the ability to know if you smell. I mean, just basic hygiene. 
But the fact that some people are just completely unaware of the fact that they fucking read. No, I think this is a basic skill that some people are are aware and just don't fucking care. I think you can lump those two groups together. You don't want to because that's going to smell really bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but you could. All right. And then I have whistling, which I'm always surprised by by adults that can't whistle. You know, I'm not a I'm not a great whistler, but I possess the skill to whistle. Um, and I feel like it's kind of like if you realize as an adult, you there are some of these skills that you were lacking, you would go after, you know, you would make it a priority to learn these skills. Um, I have and I, I have sense of direction. GPS has completely undermined that. But do you know which way is north right now? Yeah, that's that's north to me. Yeah, that's uh, north to me. Yeah, but a, a lot of people don't have that skill, and I completely understand that. And especially with GPS, it's not a skill that you would you really need to use that much. Because going along with that, like being able to read a map. Map reading as well. Yeah, we did a lot of map reading growing up and even driving and hiking and things like that uh, using a compass. But I, yeah. I'm, I'm not throwing using a compass into skills i thought no that's not a universal skill we we grew up in the country where like we went to nature camps and they taught us how to do it exactly. in the same vein i would say manual transmission driving along with reading a map of like we all can but we grew up yeah that's country. a biased view on our points yeah but we're not I'm yeah we're, we're not calling so. it a universal skill but we are calling it something that you should treat like it's something that you need to know um then i have handshake which you would just kind of think intrinsically everybody, you know, would possess this ability. But I shake a lot of hands, even through coronavirus, and I get some really weird handshakes. Shahir Abba says, rolling your R's. I can't do it. I've been, I, I can't took do Russian, it. took Russian, and I've studied Spanish, and I am completely incapable. I, I wasn't aware that Russians rolled their R's. Fuck yeah. They're like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> then, then, then they're not like that. <laughs> I would be imitating hey. them without being able to do it. That was what happened. MJ uh, says writing checks. Yeah, that's right. hilarious. He's I so saw, right. I saw somebody on the a train yesterday, and she had a checkbook uh, like balance log, and that's how she was keeping track of, of her balance. Uh, oh, Kyle says putting air in tires. Remember the time that we inflated the air, uh, the tires on your Volvo to like 80? <laughs> I think I think it said like the minimum and maximum that the tire. Can... <laughs> it's like 35. And we drove home with the car drove like complete crap. And it like... sounded like the wheels were made out of rocks. <laughs> I didn't realize like... they would sound differently. Um, but they they indeed did sound it thankfully was, it was only a three quarter of a mile trip home still never guaranteed in the Volvo. oh my no. god <laughs> um the Volvo ran strong man the <laughs> until the turbo went out and it couldn't make it up far to market yeah i crashed that car a few times <laughs> yeah it was uh that was a good run that car had <laughs> i really enjoyed that was a fast car it was a good car it just, you know, got beat up. Well, I remember when we were delivering papers and you had the blinkers on. And then you said, you know what? We're just going to leave the blinkers on the entire time we're driving. That way we don't have to signal. <laughs> um, like, yeah, we're signaling left. We're signaling right. Everyone knows where we're going. <laughs> um, I got riding a bike, swing, swimming, ability to know if you smell. Here's one. Seeing color. That's a, a skill. Hold on, I got one. Well, it may not be a skill, but it's, it's something that it's you not. assume without thinking about it that everyone can do and not everyone can do it. All right, James, go ahead. Growing a full head of hair. Oh, I mastered that <laughs> skill. I am beyond <laughs> that skill. He just gave it up. Um, let's see. Uh, setting a table. A lot of people can't set a table. Like properly according to etiquette of the things in order something like that like something that miss manners would approve of or like something that's passable at uh, i will give you fork knife spoon plate and glass 
and then do they have to be in order? Yeah, <laughs> they have to be in the right position. Yeah, I I, I give myself fifty. Well, I, I get it. That. Like, yeah, the, the, the plate isn't gonna be on top of the cup. But <laughs> can, like, the, the silver would be next to in any order. Like you spoon, spoon and fork, knife, knife and fork, spoon. Does it matter what the order of operations is for the silverware? If like the plate's here, the yeah, cup's is it, here. Is it silverware. the knife opposite the fork and the spoon? Is that the right answer? No. Okay. The, well, then I the failed. Who cares? If the fork is opposite the knife and the spoon. Um. All right. Let's uh, next. I got another one for you. Solo travel. Yeah, a lot of people can't handle that. It's it's very intense for some people to be traveling solo. Which hold on, I've got one that that's that's dear near and dear to my heart. Boarding and deboarding an airplane quickly. Well, only takes a few people to fuck it up. I wouldn't. Uh, speaking of airplanes, I have to interrupt here. I, on my flight for training with my boss before he left two months ago, was on a flight with a gentleman who's 28, 29, his first flight. That's interesting. 28, 29 years old, first time. I don't know if that's long. necessarily his fault. I'm not well, saying it is. No, but no, it, it's it, an outlier. It, the thing is, if you're 28 years old and you haven't flown before, so that's not normal. All right. And at 28, that is your fault, right? At 18, it becomes something that can be considered your fault. And then you got a couple of years where you're like becoming a regular real person. But at a certain point in time, I will say between 22 and 28, there, you, you, you are fully to blame and there's really no way around that. And I'm not, you may not have a reason to travel other than traveling. That may be the reason. This is something I haven't done. Everybody else is doing it. It's 2021, or in his case, you know, 2015, 14 until now. Uh, it's not that expensive to fly anywhere. And you really need to get out of where you emerged on this earth. You need to, you need to get out and about and experience things outside of your immediate physical surroundings. Um, um, well, there are some people that are legit terrified of flying. I hate flying, but I, I mean, I, <laughs> no, there, there's a difference between not enjoying the experience. No, I, my, oh, favorite, I, my favorite onion article is John Madden surprised to find that airplanes are equally terrified of him. <laughs> <laughs> John, John Madden, famous football commentator, refused to fly. He bust everywhere he went when he was commentating, he refused to fly. I miss, I miss him so much. Right, I'm going to see if I can check our time. It doesn't seem like that's... We're, we're probably got about two or three minutes. Okay, well, I think we hit most of those. I want to thank you guys. Um, oh, the proper etiquette from Shahira, Shahira Raba. And then you start... So being able to eat uh, in a nice setting is also an important one. Um, there's some people I know that ha that are I would not want to go out to a nice place with because I because of the manner in which they eat, which is which is not good. Mo most important is to chew audibly so that everyone knows that you're enjoying your food mm. and, and make guttural noises. Mm. <laughs> Only, oh, this, oh boy, uh, the deeper the better. Yes, I think that's okay if you're in China, maybe, but not. Uh, not in the U.S. Um, on that note, though, guys, I want to thank you guys. Uh, uh, Kyle Lehman's got one more. We'll let Rosh throw that in there. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you guys in the comments tonight. That was really cool. I appreciate you all being here. TikToks uh, from uh, Let Love Rain is James a mixologist. Would we call you a mixologist or just a simpleton bartender? He's a simpleton in a lot of other ways. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm a bartender. He's pretty decent there. Conversation. Uh, yeah, sometimes I should be wearing a helmet. Actually, actually, I think mixologist is better than bartender. Bartenders are known for their ability to hold conversation. <laughs> <laughs> James uh, can make drinks. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get cut off, Kyle. Lehman one, one thing I really wanted to do when I was trading bartenders is bring in a helmet for them, so that way, like, like, yeah, sorry, this guy's trading. We don't want him to hurt himself. All right. On that note. Thank you guys for joining. Make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe on the audio podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, anywhere else you can get podcasts. And uh, 
Shoot me a DM. Let me know what you want to hear about. Thank you, David. Thank you, James. Thank you to Rosh Galeb in the background who is feeding us your comments. Without them, we wouldn't have any idea what you're saying. Adios, guys. Cheers. See ya. Hasta luego. All right. That concludes that episode. I'm still at this red light. So uh, thank you guys for joining. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and like this podcast episode. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.